Hey, everybody. Welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news stories affecting the sport we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we're going to have it all covered for you. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's show. I am excited to be with you, my current newsletter subscribers. It's it's great to just connect with you, the supporters, whether you're on the free or paid plans. It just means a lot to me that you've decided to take another step to be more connected and be a part of the community we're trying to grow around. I love for baseball and I love for baseball history. So thank you so much. It means a lot to me that you're joining me for this bonus episode, which I put together for you as a thank you. So I'm making a slight change to the show. I'd love your feedback on it. Instead of uh, having different parts to this, I wanted to focus just on what this show is called, and that's the baseball history, what happened this week. So what I've done is I've gone together and I've created longer explanations about each event that happened on that day this week, instead of having the different sections where we have a focus story and then we, you know, go through the weekly events, I'm just going to focus on the day to day. So they're going to be longer explanations, but let me know what you think if you like this new format. So with that said, let's get going. And of course, we're going to start off with our first event, May 22nd, 1963. On this day, Mickey Mantle hit the longest home run of his career. It happened at Yankee Stadium, and New York had blown a 7-0 lead and allowed Kansas City to tie the game. And so it went to extra innings. And in the 11th inning, Mickey Mantle hit a 2-2 pitch so hard that it almost cleared the right field roof at Yankee Stadium. Mantle later said it was the hardest ball that he had ever hit. Dr. James McDonald actually went back and studied this. He was a physicist who studied long ball trajectories, and he conservatively estimated that that ball would have traveled 620 feet if it had not struck the facade. It's said that after the game, Mantle had told Dale Long, his teammate and the person for whom he borrowed the bat, that it was the only home run he had ever hit that bent the bat in his hands while he was hitting it. On May 23, 1995, two pitchers hit home runs off one another in the same game. Cubs pitcher Kevin Foster and Rockies pitcher Marvin Freeman both hit home runs against each other in a 7-6 Chicago win at Coors Field. Now, this was a rare occurrence as it was only the 10th time in the 21st century that two pitchers have hit home runs against each other in the same game. Foster's home run was a solo shot in the top of the first inning. He got the game started off right. And then Freeman's was a two-run homer in the bottom of the third. As stated, the Cubs ultimately won that game thanks in part to Foster's heroics. On May 24, 1935, the National League hosted its first night game. So the Cincinnati Reds hosted the Philadelphia Phillies, and it was the first time that a professional baseball game was held at night. The game was played at Crosley Field in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the Reds won 2-1. 
President Franklin D. Roosevelt flipped the switch at the White House to turn on the lights at the stadium. And that was a suggestion that was made by Larry McPhail, who was the Reds' general manager at the time. The Reds would play seven night games, one against each of the other National League teams during the 1935 season. So these night games, it was a bit of a pilot program. They were a overall resounding success, and they became a regular part of Major League Baseball in the years that followed. But it started on this date. On May 25, 1935, Babe Ruth hit his final home run. The Babe had his final hurrah against a game uh, in Pittsburgh where he hit three home runs. And the final one that he hit in that game, the last of his 714 career home runs, was the first to clear the right field grandstand at Forbes Field. And it was measured at 600 feet. This was an incredible feat for the time period, or overall, I should say, not just for the time period, because the right field grandstand at Forbes Field was known for being one of the most difficult places to hit a home run in all of baseball at that time. Root's home run was a testament to his incredible power and his skill as a hitter, and it really was a fitting end to his legendary career. On May 26, 1997, two inside-the-park home runs occurred in five minutes. It was Memorial Day in Pittsburgh, 1998, and we had two inside-the-park home runs happen in just five minutes. Let's unpack it. First, you had Cub slugger Sammy Sosa. He hit a line drive that bounced off the wall in left field and rolled all the way to the backstop. Sosa raced around the bases and was able to achieve an inside-the-park home run. And just 300 seconds later, teammate Tony Walmack also raced around the bases for an inside-the-park homer. The Cubs ended up winning that game 2-1, but it was the first time in 21 years that two National League players hit inside-the-park homers in the same game. On May 27, 1993, Dale Murphy retired just two home runs short of 400. Dale Murphy was a former two-time National League MVP, and he ended up retiring in 1993, just missing that really important milestone. Now, at the time of his retirement, Murphy was a member of the Colorado Rockies, which was an expansion team. And unfortunately, uh, he made that decision because he was primarily serving as a backup player. He had only achieved a batting average of 143. He had no home runs and seven RBI up until that point in the season. So despite the impressive career accomplishments and the accolades that he had received earlier on in his career, after the poor start and the relegation mostly to the bench, Murphy made the decision to retire, which ended his playing career. So close. On May 28, 1957, the Dodgers and the Giants leave New York and pack their bags for California. So, on this date, the National League officially approved two proposed moves that were going to take the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants to the West Coast. And the provision in that approval was that both clubs needed to make that request before October 1st, 1957 and move at the same time. So they had to get out by the end of that same season. And this move was super controversial at the time. It would have left the National League with only eight teams, but the NL ultimately decided that the move was necessary to keep up with the American League, which had already expanded to 10 teams in 1954. 
So the Dodgers and the Giants moved to Los Angeles and San Francisco, respectively, in 1958. And the move was a success for both teams. They both became perennial contenders in the National League. And it really, this move for both teams helped popularize baseball on the West Coast, which was very important for the growth of the game overall. Folks, that brings us to the conclusion of recapping the most memorable events in baseball history. I want to thank you for joining me for another week. I can't wait to see you next time where we dive even deeper into more memorable moments from baseball's rich past. We'll see you then.